Growing up, our church put on this absolutely incredible week-long conference for, for kids. I can remember one year in specific, I was in third grade, and the theme was The Great Adventure. And the person that came to The Great Adventure was Indiana Jones himself. I can remember walking into the gym and it was completely covered in trees and moss and they had like the sounds of animals on the speaker sound and I was totally captivated by it sounding and feeling like an actual jungle and basically this church version of the Rainforest Cafe, which we mentioned last week. Does anybody remember the Rainforest Cafe? I don't think they're still in business. But this was essentially what this kids' conference felt like. It was incredible. And I remember on one night specifically, Mr. Indiana Jones came up on stage and talked about the great adventure called life. In life, he said, you are all on a great adventure. You meet people and work jobs and you go from place to place. And in the end, everyone's adventure eventually ends. And the question he left us with was, what happens to you when your adventure ends? What happens when you die? And the more he talked, the more scared I got because he talked about how God was angry with me because of this bad thing called sin. He said that God's wrath was against me as a third grader. And since that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, that God had no choice but to send me to hell when I die. He went on to talk about Jesus, and if I don't ask Jesus into my heart, then I would spend forever burning in hell for my sin. And my great adventure of life is either going to end in heaven or it's going to end in hell, and it's up to me to decide how my great adventure ends. Which, of course sounds awful and terrifying and traumatic, so I prayed the prayer and seemingly secured my ticket to heaven for when my great adventure would someday come to an end. And I can remember so specifically that that encounter with Mr. Indiana Jones was one of the first memories I had in figuring out what or who I thought God was. And based on this story that Mr. Indiana Jones told me, I began to believe a few things about this God of the Bible that he talked about. Here's where some of the few first impressions that I had about God. First, God is wrathful. Secondly, God is male. Third, God is angry. God lives in the sky somewhere out in space. We don't really know because it's like heaven. God only cares about people following the rules. And God will punish you if you break the rules. And lastly, God created heaven for the good people and hell for the bad people. And so on. And this was my first impression of who I thought God was based on what I was told, based on what this Indiana Jones was telling me about the great adventure called life. And as I got older, the more I began to learn and unlearn so much about God, the more I began to see that God is actually so much bigger and more beautiful and amazing and incredible than this really small and traumatic and horrific person that I grew up believing that God was. So if you have your Bible, grab it and turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. 
Genesis chapter 1 is where we're going to be tonight. It's on the first page of your Bible, so it should be fairly easy to find. Again, my name is Joseph. My pronouns are he, him. It's great to be with you. Again, I know you could be doing so many different things on a Tuesday night, and you have homework and sports and dance and all these responsibilities in your life, and the fact that you're like setting those aside for an hour and a half to come and be here and to be in this community and to learn together, it means a lot to me, and I'm really, really thankful uh, that you are here. Tonight, as I mentioned, we're kicking off a brand new series called Who is God? And over these next few weeks, we're going to do our best to answer the question of who or what is this divine, human, he, she, it, they, father, mother, son, spirit, God, person in the sky. That's our goal for tonight. So we're going to be jumping around a lot tonight. But don't worry, you can follow on the screen and it will be easy to track. Everybody ready? How we doing? How we feeling? We good? Okay, give me, the, give me one finger. Give me the quiet coyote. Give me I love you. I love you guys too. Thanks. So kind. Okay, tonight I want to show you how incredibly diverse the Bible is when it comes to the concept of God. The Bible has so much to say about God, but it might actually surprise you what it says and what it doesn't say. So let's start in Genesis chapter 1. I'm going to put a few things on the screen. You don't have to write these down, but this is going to kind of be the flow of what we're going to talk about tonight. In Genesis chapter 1, it says that in the beginning, God what? Do you know? Created. That's right. So the very first impression that we get about God is that God is an artist, a creator, somebody who creates things. Then we see that this God is a spirit or a breath or a wind that hovers over the wild and waste darkness of the world, ready to bring order out of disorder. And so we learn that God is also spirit. Later in Genesis 1, we see that God created humanity, and the author uses plural pronouns to describe this God. God uses the pronoun us to describe themselves in Genesis 1. So right off the bat, we see God using non-binary they-them language to describe God's self. So in the very first chapter, we already have an incredibly diverse picture of who God is. But later in the story, instead of using plural pronouns to describe God's self, in Deuteronomy 5, we read very clearly that the Lord God is one. And one of the most famous passages about who God is is in Exodus when we read that he, so now we're switching to masculine pronouns, he is a compassionate, gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Which sounds beautiful. That sounds like an amazing description of who God is. But then the very next verse says this, Yet God does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation which to me is a little bit of a yikes because God is sounding like he's punishing grandkids for the sin of their grandparents, which doesn't really sound right. Later, 
God is also described as a woman in labor who gives birth to the nation of Israel and then is described as a mother who loves and comforts children. Then we go from that to this really violent picture of God who commanded genocide and killed people for touching an idol. And this God ordered Moses to stone kids who rebelled against their parents. And in Hosea 13, 8, we read about a God who is, quote, like a bear robbed of her cubs. I will say, I will attack the thief and rip them open. Another yikes for me. So far, we've seen God using male pronouns, non-binary pronouns, God as spirit, creator, compassionate, gracious, steadfast, but also punisher, justice, wrathful God who doesn't let the grandkids get away from the bad stuff that their grandparents did. And so far, this is a very complicated picture of who God is. But it gets even more complicated because... In the Psalms, we see God referred to as all of these things, wind, rock and redeemer, shepherd, cornerstone, soldier, warrior, and defender. Then in the book of Proverbs, God is referred to as wisdom, and wisdom is always talked about with feminine language. All throughout the book of Proverbs, God is described and depicted as a woman who is wise and understanding, and it helps people lead a life of flourishing in the world, which, yes, this means that Ariana Grande was actually pretty prophetic when she's saying, God is a woman. Can I get an amen? Amen. Yes to Ariana. Amen. So we find some seemingly really contradictory things about who God is in the Bible. And one of them is this. In Malachi 6, God says, I, the Lord, do not change. I, the Lord, do not change. But then in Exodus 34, we read this. The Lord changed his mind and did not bring his people the disaster that he threatened. So God does change his mind, but God doesn't change his mind. Then when we get to Jesus in the New Testament, things get even more complicated because a lot of people say that God is three in one. How many of you have ever heard the word Trinity? All right, that's a very popular word for God. Literally, that word is not even in the Bible. So the way that we refer to God as Trinity, that word's not even in the Bible. That word is simply a word to help communicate that God is three persons and one person at the same time. God is God. Jesus is God. Holy Spirit is God. That's the Trinity, and none of it makes sense. If you're confused, join the team, because I don't understand it either, and it makes no sense to me. The author of Hebrews then says that Jesus is the image of God, meaning Jesus is the exact representation of who God is in the world. And we're going to cover this more in a few weeks, but for now, I just want you to notice that this author is telling us that when we wonder what God is like, this author is telling us to look to Jesus, because if we're wondering what God is like, Jesus will tell us what God is like. When it comes to Jesus, Jesus also presents himself in feminine language. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus stands over Jerusalem and weeps and says this, How often have I longed to gather 
my children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. Then one of the most important verses in all of the Bible when it comes to answering the question of who is God comes from 1 John 4, when John tells us that God is love. We're going to talk more about that next week or in a couple weeks because next week's the Halloween party. But in a couple weeks, we're going to come back to what does it mean that God is love? So far, we have seen an incredibly diverse and confusing list of ways that God is described in the Bible. We see that God is a divine, human, he, she, it, they, father, mother, son, spirit, being, person in the sky. But not only that, but God also looks like you and looks like me because we are all created in God's image meaning we are all part of who God is in the world. So if you ask yourself, what is God like? God is like the person sitting next to you and the person that you see at school and is like your teacher and your coaches and your family. And that might be problematic for some of us because maybe we don't have good relationships with some of those people. And that can be challenging for us to understand who God is if the people in our life don't give us a really great depiction of who God is. A black feminist and playwriter, Entasake Shange, said it best when she said this, I found God in myself and I love her fiercely. That's such a great quote. I love that. I found God in myself and I love her fiercely. One of the things this playwright is getting at is that all of us are created in God's image and who we are represents an aspect of who God is. And that is a beautiful thing to consider and think about. So as we close tonight, I want to end by reading a little book to you. Really excited about this. This is a book that we read, Haddon and Ivy, and I couldn't think of a better way to end. How many of you have ever read this book before? If you've if you served in kids, you've read this book before because we use this book in kids. But this book is called what is God like? It's written by Rachel Held Evans, and it's illustrated by King Hui Tan, and I'm going to read it for you, to you, little story time with Joseph. Are we ready? Are we ready for this? We look real excited for this story time. Okay, this book is called, What is God Like? What is God Like? It's a very big question, one that people from places all around the world have wondered since the beginning of time. And while nobody has seen all of God, because God is far too big for any of us to fully see, we can know what God is like. God is like an eagle, sharp-eyed and swift, with wings so wide you can play under their shadows. God is like a river, constant and life-giving. When you grow near God, you'll sprout up as strong as a tree. God is like the stars, forever present and bright. Even when they feel far away, you can always look up and see them winking at you. God is like a shepherd, brave and good a protector who loves her sheep so much that she watches over all of them and knows each of them by name. God is like a fort 
strong and secure with walls that are mighty and safe. Inside, there are hidden places to hold you when you're scared or need a quiet place to rest. God is like a gardener, patient and nurturing. God plants, waters, weeds, and fertilizes the earth until every good thing on it seeks the nourishing sun and grows. God is like the flame of a candle, warm and inviting. With God close by, you can look to the light and see through the darkest of nights. God is like the wind, passionate and full of mystery. God is both here and mysteriously also over there. God is everywhere, swirling throughout the world, whistling across mountain ranges, rustling through trees and pressing against your cheeks on a breezy day. God is like an artist, creative and unpredictable, always busy making and remaking everything brilliant and new. God is like a mother, strong and safe. You can crawl up into her lap whenever you want to, and she will hold you until you fall asleep. God is like a father, gentle and safe. He will put you on top of his shoulders to give you a bird's eye view of all creation. God is like three dancers, graceful and precise. They move to the same music in very different ways, showcasing all of God's elegance and rhythm in your life. God is like a rainbow, vivid and full of color, a dazzling reminder of promise and hope for all people after a storm. God is like your best friend, faithful and true, closer to you than even your brothers or your sisters. And because we know what God is like, we know that God is kind, God is forgiving, God is slow to get angry, God is quick to be glad, God is happy when you tell the truth, and sad when things are unfair. She is your protector. He is trustworthy. They are friends when you feel alone. God hopes and God perseveres. So what is God like? That's a very big question. One that people from places all around the world throughout all time have answered in many different ways. Keep searching. Keep wondering, keep learning about God. But whenever you aren't sure what God is like, think about what makes you feel safe, what makes you feel brave, and what makes you feel loved. That's what God is like. Let's give it up for what is God like. Beautiful. So who is God? What is God? Who or what is this divine human, he, she, it, they, father, mother, son, spirit, being God person in the sky? 
Well, honestly, it takes a lifetime of learning to discover the depth and the beauty of who God is and how your perspective of God changes based on your life and your experience. But for now, let's follow Rachel's advice and remember that whenever we aren't sure what God is like, think about what makes you feel safe, what makes you feel brave, and what makes you feel loved.